Danny Doyle. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Uh, full disclosure, had never met you That's until right. about an hour and a half ago. Mm-hmm. I had you over to do a session for a friend of mine. But I will say, we have been chatting the last, I don't know, week about figuring out when we're going to do this session. And I have since done some internet research on you. That sounds terrible. Not like a deep dive. <laughs> I did all, I just went to your Facebook page. I looked up your social, ran your credit cards, nothing invasive. I didn't get Shay involved. <laughs> yeah, he'd find out. He'd find everything he'd find out. out. Everything. Everything. Like shit you didn't even know. You took uh, 30 defecations <laughs> in last month, Danny. Yeah. <laughs> Which is 15% more than the month prior. So what's up? I mean, that would probably be really useful information, though. Right? I'd like to know that. Those kind of stats are hard to come by. They are. That's why we have Shay. Um, Danny Doyle, I, I, I'm, I'm not... Uh, I'm not an anthropologist or a, a genetic uh, professional. Is that even a thing? Anyway, <laughs> I, but I have to say, correct me if I'm wrong. You're wrong. You're of Irish descent. Um, With I, a name like Danny Doyle. Come on, man. So that's actually a funny story. Oh, my God. So, uh, so quickly. That's right. We're, we're like two minutes in and I already get a funny story? <laughs> it's not very funny. Oh, okay. It's a very serious history story. Okay, lay it which, on me. Which I've heard you know a lot about history. So I don't know a lot. Of, I'm just curious about it. Okay. Hit me. So before the Doyles settled in Ireland, they were the Nordic Vikings. Oh, my. They come from the Nordic Vikings. And they settled in both Ireland and Scotland. And from what mm. I understand, I'm part of the McDougal clan. <laughs> yeah. Um, which was the Scotland-based uh, Doyles. So, from what I understand, I'm actually from Scotland more so okay. than Ireland, but also, like, yeah, we're like kind of all over the place, Scotland and Ireland. So. Yeah. It, with a Nordic thing. Right. I'm like a Viking. And if you saw me, you would, you would, yeah. I, like I already, I'm already envisioning you with a Viking helmet on, and I, it works, bro. I can sing opera and make money in commercials. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I, um, MacDougal. 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 McDougal? McDougal. MacDougal. I don't know. Okay. I don't know enough about it to be I, that confident. For whatever reason, I saw something on some social media about the history of that name, like like recently. I don't know. I don't know. That's interesting. I'm going to have to go back and try to figure that out. But but your name, MacDougal, has whatever, means something, right? Uh, obviously, it means something. I'm curious... So it went from Mac. So, all right. So Vikings come over. They settle in Scotland. They -hmm. start a clan. Mm -hmm. And then eventually that family goes to, is it, is it Doyle in Ireland? Is it like a county or city or a? I don't know that much. I know, I know that Doyle's one of the top like 10 names in Ireland. Yeah. Like one of the most popular names. Yeah. Um, Well, you don't choose your last name. I, it's the most like ubiquitous. I mean, we can't say popular last name, right? Right. Well, it's not like you choose it. I mean, so I mean, we don't choose our last names, right? But I always thought that we have our last names based on the profession of okay kind of the lineage where we came from. Right? Talk to me. Talk so, to me. You know something? 
And so, I don't, do you know what a doily is? I know what a doily is. Oh, it can't be. You weren't doily makers. I'm sorry. Vikings didn't come over from Scandinavia making doilies. That is some bullshit, bro. You're getting fed some bonk information. I don't know if any of that's true. Also, all this information I'm getting is secondhand knowledge from somebody in my family. Yeah. Telling me these things, right? So, yeah. I mean, I don't, they could be crazy. I haven't, who knows? It sounds like they're crazy. <laughs> they're giving you some bogus, they're feeding you some <laughs> bogus intel, bro. I think you need to get to the bottom of it. I would love to have that sort of like direct line kind of lineage information. Totally. You know, that's just hip. I don't know. You should do the 23andMe thing. That's, by the way, they're, they're our sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> 23 and Me. <laughs> Sign up, sign up today. Uh, and that's the sponsorship. That's the ad that I was told that I needed to say. Send us your hair. Um, all right. So I so also in my research, uh, Mr. Doyle, uh, can I call you that? Of course. Okay. Is it Daniel Doyle or Danny? Daniel is my official name. I go by Danny. Yeah. I think Daniel sounds too stern. Hello, Daniel. Do you have a middle name? Tell me you have like a really cool Irish like uh, Scottish Viking shit in the middle, like Thor. Uh, my middle name is Thunder God. No. Yes. So my middle, I was named after, my middle name is named after my grandfather. Okay. And his name was Dick. Okay. So my middle name is Richard. Yes. Daniel Richard. Yeah. Doyle. Daniel Richard Doyle. Yeah. Just rolls off the tongue. Doesn't it, it does. Really? <laughs> Damn. Um, in my research about you today, and it was very brief because I like to keep these podcasts kind of open, you know, um, I'm assuming because you went to Thunderbird High School, am I correct? Yeah, that's correct. See that? See this research coming back? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I'm assuming you grew up here. You, you are a native. I did. Yes, I am native here. Moved away for a few short years and came back. Uh. uh uh, you, you grew up here. So your folks were here as well? Are they native? Are you like first generation native Arizonan, Phoenician? Uh, I'm, I'm first generation yeah. native Phoenician, yes. And they moved from? Um, they moved from, my dad was born in Rochester, New York. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Eastman School of Music, right? Yeah. Oh, no shit? Yeah. Did he go there? No, no, no. He didn't oh, go there. No, oh. I'm like the only person in my family who has a musical bone in my body. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and my mom was born in Chicago. Okay. That's sexy. Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's a way to look at it, I guess. <laughs> All right, so you, you were born here. You grew up here. You went to Thunderbird High School. Uh, you went to Mesa Community College? I did. And actually, I didn't just go to Thunderbird High School. I went to three different high schools. Moving around a little bit. Yeah. You got a touch of the wanderlust. I, well, yeah. So I, I went to Ironwood my first year okay. because I was in district. But I don't know what that means. That means the house was like in the radius of where you're supposed to go for the school. Right? Okay. And where is Ironwood? Ironwood is what is it, like 87th Avenue in Peoria, 75th in Peoria. Wow. Yeah. It's okay. Way out. There in way out. Yeah. Well, it was in Peoria. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went to Thunderbird. Okay. Because they had like a pretty hopping music program, right? Okay. And um, like they had a great jazz program and really, um, but Hilditch was teaching over there. So it was, I wanted to play jazz music. Yeah. I already knew then that like I wanted to be a musician. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Bud Hilditch retired and I 
left Thunderbird, and I went to Moon Valley and graduated from Moon Valley after one year. Okay. So I graduated from Moon Valley, but I tell like I just tell people I go to Thunderbird. Thunderbird. That's like that's where I spent my high school time. I see. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you have uh, siblings? I do. I have a brother and a sister. Uh, and where do you fall? I'm the youngest. Me too, of yeah. three. Yeah. My, yeah. my sister, I think, just turned 48. Oh, she's old. Yeah, she's so old. So old. <laughs> so I told her. I was like, you're so old. <laughs> I'm the youngest of, of three, but, but three boys. Mm. Now, <clears throat> what's the age spread? Well, so my sister's 48, I think. How are, how, how, well, how old are you? 34. What? So it's 14, 14 years. Whoa, bro. Yeah. And then my brother just turned 40, 42, 42. So oldest sister, middle brother, and then little Danny Doyle shows up right, and surprises us all. I was told that I was a, uh, a gift from Circus Circus in room 236. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. You even know the room number? My parents, uh, I don't know why they told me. And I, it's just now it's just a great, a great little line I can tell people, you know. Well, what is the room number? 236? 236. I'm going to go. I'm going to go to Circus Circus. <laughs> and I'm going to like light some candles. It's like, I'm so turned on right now. <laughs> I'm going to yeah, bring my black light. Make sure there's no like strange Danny Doyle DNA floating around in there. Spackled on the walls. That's terrible. I won't. <laughs> bring me a brother. <laughs> Then I won't be the youngest anymore. <laughs> right. So, wow. So, for, uh, so a 14-year spread. My oldest brother is a 10-year spread. Now, the reason why I ask these questions is because without my older siblings, I wouldn't have been exposed to a number of music. You know what I'm saying? Mm, yeah. So, your oldest sister uh, was listening to music that was not on your radar, I'm assuming. You know, I... I... I don't really have any memories of my sister really playing music much. Okay. Like, my family wasn't very musical. Like, we didn't listen to lots of music growing up. So, in the house, well, by the time you kind of, like, came to, she was already probably out of the house. Right. She was in college. Right. Yeah. Which means whatever other music was from your brother. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, uh, he was very much into the boy bands, NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, really just those two bands. That's all he listened to. For the okay. <laughs> and well, some other stuff. Um, my parents really liked the Eagles. Okay. And now we're talking. Yeah. Uh, my dad liked the Eurythmics. Interesting. Yeah. So it's just like a Three Dog Nights, another one. Okay. So I grew up kind of with like that old school 70s, 80s. Yeah. Some 60s. N nice mix right yeah. there. That's a pretty diverse palette. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was until I got into jazz music. <clears throat> I started, you know, uh, playing jazz in middle school. Like fifth, sixth grade, fifth, sixth grade. Okay. Yeah. Pause. Hold on. How does someone in fifth or sixth grade who didn't really have jazz in the crib, mm -mm. how did you get turned on to it? This is my next question. See how quick this goes? It's great. Danny, it's going to be over before you know it. Beautiful. Um, how did you get exposed to jazz music? And what about it kind of got you excited? Well, I was... Uh Smoking the devil's lettuce one yeah, day. Yeah, <laughs> reefer cigarettes and behind an alley and uh, found a dumpster with a Miles Davis record. And, uh, I ate that record and, <laughs> and throw it up later. Yeah. Um, how did I get into jazz? How did I start yeah. liking jazz? Yes. So I How was, were you even exposed to it? 
Yeah, I mean that's a that's a good question. I was very lucky. Uh, the school I went to, Marshall Ranch Elementary School, uh, the band director there, fantastic, Miss Jill Mahoney, um, like one, the best teacher I've ever had in my life. She was amazing. She is amazing. She's not dead. Right. Right. <laughs> she is she still is with us. She's still with us. Um, they had a jazz band, so they had a jazz band at the elementary school, which was K through eight. Um, so fifth grade, I picked up trumpet, heard the jazz band. I was like, I want to play in that band. And uh, I told her I wanted to play in it. And she was like, well, you better practice because you ain't getting in there like that. Right. (laughs) So I went and I took some lessons and I practiced all summer. Arben's book. I was just shedding, like not even jazz stuff, just like shedding trumpet stuff. Yeah. And I came in for the audition in sixth grade and I played the, the stuff and she was just like, oh my God. She was like... Are you the same person? You know, because I had just like I was so motivated to be yeah. in that band and just like play this music. I didn't even know, really know what it was. It was yeah. like whatever jazz is cool. It was just it was just so cool. And then from there, it was just like you know an extension of that of learning more about it progressively. And she would bring in guest artists to kind of feed us more more uh, music and to give us some some feedback on our playing. And then we started a combo. And then you know, um, yeah, it just kind of took off from there. Uh, that's kind of blowing my mind. Um, do you remember any of the guest artists? Um, like local cats. Yeah. Um, every, every instrument, like they, they bring in a a drummer or they'd bring in a trumpet player. They'd bring in a, a, an upright bass player, like just to like inspire. Yeah. I, I, I think she, she was forthcoming with the idea that she didn't really know jazz. She was a French horn player classical classically trained teacher musician and so she would bring in people who was who were able to teach jazz and like those things that we wanted we told her we want to learn this she's like well i can't help you but i'm going to bring people in that do so you had like a like a fifth grade jazz gang it was five through eight yeah five through eight all right so between those three years you, you there was a crew of kids that wanted to know more about jazz yeah and she was receptive enough and and aware enough to know that a she couldn't deliver, but these kids wanted to learn some shit, yeah. and so she brought these professionals in mm-hmm. to inspire you guys. Totally. Yep. Do uh, that's fantastic. Do you um, are you still friends with any of those cats? Um, I mean, yeah. Uh, so one the saxophone player uh, Lucas Pino was oh. was in that was in that combo. Um, a good friend of mine, John Gray, lives in New York City now, plays bass and. Uh, gigs out there regularly. Um, Alex Lee is a drummer in town. Yes. Um, I believe he was in the first edition of that band, like when it first started and then kind of moved off to high school because he's a little bit older. Yeah. Um, I don't remember the other musicians, a couple of them, you know, piano sure. player, like they stopped playing music right. later, but right. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I, I, I too benefited from a, from a pretty robust music program. Um, in in this little town that I grew up in in Massachusetts, and um, I I don't know what it was. I don't know what it was. I mean, my brother, my middle brother, played guitar. I wanted to play drums. I wanted to be in a band with him. He didn't know that. Uh, never really happened. Uh, but benefited from. Is that a public school? Yeah, yeah, yeah public yeah. school. Mm-hmm. Man, if that isn't a testament to supporting the arts in public school, I don't know what is because it's such a drag to hear. Even 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 sports, you know, like that they're cutting art and 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 these great extracurricular activities to focus on 
taking a test it doesn't make any fucking sense to me and it's infuriating yeah. because we both benefited from really inspiring uh uh teachers who pushed us and allowed us access uh to to further our knowledge and 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 to get more involved even if they didn't know it. i mean that's that's an incredible story i love that yeah totally and the the interesting interesting thing is uh I was also on like the flag football team. We were like the championship like flag football team. And I don't know if you know Gordon Williford. He's uh, the director at uh, previously Thunderbird High School. I think he's still there now at oh. Thunderbird. Um, but he was my football coach. No and shit. is now you know teaching at Thunderbird. Great, great trombone player. Um, cool. Yeah, killer musician. And he was like our librarian. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was just the random thing. And they and they. I mean, but you know, all those teachers pull like triple duty, right? They're, right. They're like the, they're like the the wrestling coach, they also teach chemistry and they teach you welding or whatever. You know, it's like, <laughs> I wish I had welding and I know that would so have been cool. cool. That would have been cool. Would have made something super cool. Sword. Like a, like a huge, <laughs> awesome sword for sure. Just go out and kill kids at the playground. <laughs> I do happen to know that you aren't a Game of Thrones fan. I am a Game of Thrones fan, just not the last three seasons. Oh, three. Yeah. It started to slip in at like the last three. See, I I gave it right to the last season. I mean, I watched all of it. I watched all of it. Yeah. I mean, I read. You know, do you, you read the books? I did not read the books. Okay, but, see, you can't even come at me with this shit, man. But I'm, if, I'm if I, but if I read the books, we it'd be even more fuel for why the shows. Well, I, to, to me, it, it it was that last season. I, I, I'm not I'm not exactly sure. I'm not exactly sure. One of my favorite episodes might have been in the last season, but the ending, I'm sorry. Mm. The ending. I was like, honestly, really, I put all this time and I read all the books, I watched all the things. This is how you're going to end this shit? I, you know, it wasn't the ending that bothered me. Like, the way everything like finished, it was like, oh okay, cool. God. Like, that's fine. It Had they led up to it and like actually uh, had the, the right. time and the maneuverability to go through the plot and actually kind of flesh that out but they just like jump straight to it because they wanted to do star wars I'm like oh. i i'm so i can't wait until uh george r. r martin i want him to write the i want him to write it to finish it i feel like he's to never gonna write it and he's it's like a big fuck you to the world well yeah oh he's <laughs> laughing all the way to the bank mm -hmm. yes, oh yeah is. but just for the for the fans i mean for the love of it like come on man give us the vision you know complete the vision complete the story Anyway, I got on there from because of a <laughs> of a fictional welding class and making a sword got to Game of Thrones. This is kind of how this podcast goes. It meanders. That's okay. I, gotta, like, I like meandering. You got to stay sharp. Otherwise, someone's going to be left behind. You know what I mean? Oh, golly. Let's take a break. All I right. feel like we covered a ton of ground. I'm exhausted. I'm so tired. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> Let's take a little break. We'll be right back. Leave my money down, but you can't see that you know me well. Begin a day when we were friends. I haven't seen him for a year or so. I heard him in and out, so stony goes. All right, so you graduate high school, you go to MCC. And you, you were there it. for two years. There for two years. Good research. Yeah. And you studied music. I did. Uh, trumpet. I did. Jazz. Wow. I did. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. I know. I'm like a fucking savant about this shit. 
Um, what happens after that? Did you start gigging immediately? Did you have other other jobs? Like, what was the what what was Danny's day like? So I took some auditions: uh, Eastman School of Music, um, uh, California School for the Arts, and uh, USC and Cal State Northridge. I think I said that twice, but that's, that's okay. Right. <laughs> um, I, so I was dating a girl at the time, and she was going to USC for flute performance. Oh. So I kind of had this idea that I wanted to move out to LA and be with her and like date her and do the yeah. music thing out there, yeah. be a studio session player, whatever. Right. Hopes and dreams of a young teenager. Or You're 20 of, years old at this point. Yeah. But I have a mind of a teenager, okay. right? So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the unrealistic expectations of what the music world looks like. Right. Which is completely different yeah. than what you think. Um, no. So I just took a bunch of auditions. Um, See, I, I got into uh, Cal Arts, I got into USC, and I got into Northridge. Um, but those schools are all very expensive. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I got a scholarship at Northridge. So cool. Um, at the time, I was really excited to go there because Bobby Shu was the trumpet teacher. <clears throat> Except. How would I know Bobby Shu? Bobby Shu uh, just like plays a lot of big band jazz music. Uh, okay. He's done some commercial stuff too. I don't know off the top of my head what you okay. would know him by, but he's like he's like Arturo Sandoval, uh, okay. Wayne Bergeron type, you know, okay. like, uh, yeah, big band, jazz, whatever. Got you. Um, so yeah, so I ended up out at Northridge uh, the summer prior to moving out there. My girlfriend broke up with me. Okay, and so I'm like, okay, cool. Well, whatever. At least I'm going to Northridge. You know, I'm going out to LA anyways. And uh, I forgot where I was going with that. Um, uh, you went to Northridge. I went to Northridge. Right. There I am. <laughs> Matt Northridge. Oh, Bobby Shu. <laughs> Bobby Shu. So Bobby Shu was like, you know, he's a big name in the trumpet world. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yes, I get to study with Bobby Shu. And found out when I got there that he just retired and moved to New Mexico. <laughs> I was like, great. And so I had this other trumpet player, um, Howie Shear. He was a great teacher. Um, Kind of had a personality that didn't jive with me as a student. You know, I was like very free and like wanted to just learn about the concepts and abstracts of music. And he was like, you're going to practice these 12 licks 25 times a day over this 251 Jamie Brassall. Like that's okay. the way he taught. Okay. Um, which is cool for some people. Like I didn't dig it. Right. Uh, he also had Tourette syndrome, um, oh, which was very interesting, you know, because I've never been exposed or like been around that at all. And uh, so it was just very interesting to kind of, you know, see that and experience that and but yeah, yeah I, le- I actually, now that I'm older, I learned so much from him that I didn't realize I had learned when I was younger. Uh-huh. So now that I'm older and I'm a little bit more mature and professional of a musician, now I'm like, oh, wait, he taught me that 10 years ago. Right. Like, I'm finally use this now. Right. Yeah. So you graduate from Northridge? I did not graduate from Northridge. Okay. Uh, so r- around my third year at Northridge, my, uh, well, my mom was diagnosed with cancer when I was at MCC. Oh, gosh. So around my second to third year at Northridge, she passed away. Oh, no. Um, and I kind of like went through a rough time, you know, like started I, smoking lots of weed. I would started, imagine. Yeah. Um, so I just, and I ended up moving back here. Yeah. I was like failing classes and like not. Well, yeah, you're fuck. it's traumatic fucking event in your life. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, I, just, I moved back here and didn't finish my degree and then just started gigging. Right. You know, and, and working day jobs. And uh, okay, so came back here. Working day jobs, gigging at night. Do you remember those like early hits? I mean, like where were you playing? What were you doing? You know, a lot of my first gigs were um, just like church things, you know, Mm -hmm. doing brass quartets, things like that. And they weren't that many. Like I wasn't gigging a lot. Uh, Actually, the person who gave me kind of my first shot at 
doing some more solid gig work. Um, he's a trump- trumpet player in town, Kurt Fingham. And uh, he needed a sub for the for uh, this cover band in town, the Hamptons. And, you know, it was like a casino hit. It, like, didn't pay very much. But I was like, whoa, yeah, I'm so excited. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, so he's the kind of person that has a really dry sense of humor. And he called me for the gig. And he was like, I don't really know you, but I need someone that can come and sub. It seems like you're not working much. He seems like he'll be on time, whatever. And I was like, cool, I'll show up at the gig. And so my first my first hit at a casino I've never played the music before, really, you know, like I know the tunes kind of, and I'm like, clearly anyways. So we get to this, we get to brick house. <clears throat> so we're playing brick house and there's a bunch of like six year old women dancing on the dance floor. Cool. Whatever. It's like, and I get to my trumpet solo and it's in, you know, it's in like a minor, like a whatever. Yeah. And so I just like, I start playing like some out shit. <laughs> And I remember the band leader like looking at me, giving me this really funny look. <laughs> and being young, I was like, yeah, like killed that solo. I just fucking <laughs> blew the shit out of that fucking solo. <laughs> so the next morning, I get a call from Kurt. And I was like, hello. And the first thing he says is like, yeah, you fucked up that gig. <laughs> no shit. He's like, I heard you fucked it up. But this, so I didn't know this was his sense of humor. Oh, okay. So he was like, yeah, so I'm per cows. Just none of that fancy, fancy shit. Right. Just, just you know, just play some boring shit. Right, right. <laughs> and he's like, and you really fucked it up, but I have three other dates for you. <laughs> so that's kind of like how I got started. I sub- subbing for him and, you know, I met like a bunch of other guys in town through, yeah. through that band, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, connected. And what year was this? Oh, gosh, that was, uh, uh, you're going to make me think, huh? Oh, sorry, man. <sighs> do you have a piece of paper calculator? you have an abacus? In I do have anymore? an abacus. It's lying around here somewhere. <laughs> I swear. That'd be a great name for a dog, abacus. Um, let's table that. Let's right. table that. Sweet. We'll come back to it. <laughs> uh, so that was, what is that? Like, uh, 2000, I graduated in high school, 2005. We'll say 2012, 2011. Yeah. Okay. About 10 years ago. Yeah. Now starting to get into the scene a little bit. Yeah. Working. And at what point did you leave the day job behind? You know, I, well, I still have a day job. Oh, is that right? So I'm still doing it. And actually, uh, so I, I work like with, at that time, it was in a special needs classroom. Now I work with adults with um, autism. Yeah, uh, and yeah, I just, it's like something I love to do. It's like another passion of mine. And is it? Is it? Did you have a connection to autism growing up? Like, was a family member afflicted by it, or is that even correct to say? Are you afflicted by autism, or um, is that like bad? Is like like not PC to say that? I, I mean, don't know. Probably not. I don't. I don't know. Like okay. the PC used to always constantly shift and change. Like I right. can't keep up for it. I just. Okay. I just ask my students, and I'm like, "Are you autistic or are you on the spectrum?" And they'll be like, "I'm autistic." I'm like, "Cool. That's what I'm going to say now." You know, like whatever, <laughs> right. whatever they want. Right. Um, you just say, "Yeah, this, you know, they have autism. They have autism. They're right. autistic." Yeah. Okay. Um, but it seems like to be a real passion because you you do a lot of work for them, and that's your your day gig is 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 teaching. Yeah. So I work at a nonprofit organization. That teaches job skills, life skills, social skills to adults with autism, wow. and with the goal of finding meaningful and productive work for adults with autism, and preparing them to have more jobs than just bagging groceries and, yeah. you know, cleaning up bathrooms and things like those menial jobs. That, yeah, yeah, so, that's awesome, man. Yeah, I love it. It's like the greatest thing, and I have no connection like prior right. to starting in the field of like behavior therapy or behavior. And how health. did you get into that? I needed money in college, and a friend of mine was doing it. He was like, hey, man, like they'll hire anybody. <laughs> and 
And so I kind of in, in California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was and it paid like sixteen bucks an hour. Yeah. It was like guaranteed full time work, make your own schedule, and yeah, kind of showed up to training and like understood all the training right away. Like right. it just was kind of second nature to me. Um, yeah, and I just found out I just love doing it. That's awesome. Yeah, I got very lucky. So you're still you're still doing it to this day. Yes. Yeah, I'll I'll be doing it forever. Like yeah, yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, you know, as I said, I met you for the first time today. We were talking about, hey man, are you, you know, are you working again? And I would assume that that it's probably harder for a horn player to find work at this particular moment than it is for a singer songwriter that can do a solo hit, you know, at your local wine bar or whatever. Um, that work is kind of slowly coming back. Yeah. But I would imagine that, you know, these, your corporate bands, the party bands, um, may not be being hired as they would this time of year on any other given year. Yeah. I mean, the the work is slowly coming back. And, And the interesting thing about being a horn player is, you know, if you, if you sing or you play guitar, you know, and you have kind of, you, you can, you can pursue that work yourself. You can go out and you can promote yourself. You can say, Hey, I have this act or Hey, like, you know, I'm looking for work as a trumpet player. You're like always kind of reliant on others to call you. Like you're always kind of waiting by the phone. Um, you know, you can promote yourself and you promote yourself by just playing good and being cool on the gig. Right. So yeah. So I, I play in like so many different bands and so many different types of music and, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of have to have your feet in every kiddie pool. Right. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I, I mean, some of my dearest friends in town are are sidemen, and it, and it's hard. You know, what, what do you do as a drummer or a bass player? Mm-hmm. You know, like you have to just find all the work you can, do whatever you can, con- you know, take every gig. You know, basically, you know, that's yeah. that's that's the struggle is definitely real. I would imagine. Yeah, and you know, like the trumpet, even on like the large scheme of thing, is like bottom of the barrel like if there's something that needs to be cut for a gig or you know they're hiring a smaller band trump is the first to go really like they'll keep saxophone because that makes sense in rock gigs and right and a lot of times like the rhythm section players you know like they're in the band so a right. couple of these bands i play for like they have their set rhythm section those are the right. guys that get called every time right um and as a horn player it's we might be i might be on half of the gigs so if one the budget band. allows for it or whatever exactly yeah, yeah. and if they want another horn besides the saxophone Exactly, and we're, we're like we're like the extra edition. Would you like to pay extra for a trumpet right. player to be here? You know, yeah, yeah. that's the VIP package. Is is the trumpet player totally? <laughs> yeah, which makes sense. You know, right. I, I'm totally cool with that. I'm totally cool being like the really delicious frosting on top. But to, yeah, let that sink in. Yeah, yeah, delicious frosting on top. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> um, what was I gonna say? Oh, um, but don't you think? I mean, the, the you know, as you say. Saxophone works great for rock and roll music. In fact, there was, you know, a number a number of decades where saxophone was a part of a rock band. You know, I think mm-hmm. of like uh, Huey Lewis or Men at Work. Like saxophone was like a major part of that music. Yeah, can we say that about the trumpet? I mean, outside of jazz, right? Uh, or you know, in any in a variety of different jazz styles, but. Can we say that about the trumpet? I mean, do you do you uh, kind of moonlight on other instruments? I know you play the trumpet. I know you play the flugelhorn. Like, do you have another skill set that you could do 
keys or trombone or i mean trombone is even like i'd say the third tier yeah, you know yeah well i mean i don't mean that in a no it's, it's, way, it's so true but yeah. it's like the last motherfucker that gets hired on right a hit, you right know? is there anything else that you i mean i mean so during covid i started picking up some you know a uh, little bit of keyboard skills like i'm i'm definitely not at a level that i can say like hire me for your gig you know right. like i'm not a keyboard player i do yeah. it to write my own music you know to to produce my own stuff okay just to kind of have fun goof off play around whatever yeah um but no as far as like actually being a professional in any of these other instruments yeah you know there's there's guys in towns that play every freaking instrument you know and, I know. They, and they can show up to the gig and be as good as everyone else on the gig at every instrument i know except trumpet knock on wood yeah right <laughs> <laughs> well i think the world needs more trumpet man and and I, I i you know what you did on the hit today with the flugelhorn was really was really happening so i i hope that uh i hope that we get back to some sort of normalcy where you know, bigger bands are, are being hired. And I mean, I'm sure a lot of your work in a normal year would be, you know, corporate stuff, uh, party, uh, wedding mm -hmm. stuff. I mean, and that, ju that just hasn't come back yet. Yeah. I mean, a, a little bit of the weddings have come back, you know, mm -hmm. I played a wedding on Saturday. Okay. Um, you know, it was like outdoors. It was like, I have like 50 people or something. Like, right. It was like real low key. Yeah. Um, you know, so like the work is kind of there, but mm -hmm. Like this time of the season, I'd be doing like three or four a week. Yeah, you know, and so it's like, I'm I'm lucky right now if I'm getting two a week. And uh, and do summers typically slow down for you? Uh, summers are like, yeah, it's terrible. Really? Um, typically in the summer. Uh, so I also play tribute shows. So I play in a couple of different tribute bands and acts. Um, and one of the acts I play for, he's a good friend of mine. He lives out in Vegas, so he'll get these gigs in Vegas and. Because we play so often together, you know, he's like, I could give these to the Vegas guys. Like, it's Vegas money, but I know it's dry out there, right. too, for you guys. Oh, you know, that's would it. you like the gig? You know, he lets us know. I was like, you know, it only doesn't pay what it should for travel and hotel. But, right. you know, if you need the money, if you're willing to come out, then yeah, cool, you know. so. And what are the tribute shows? Um, So that tribute show is a Blues Brothers tribute show. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun show. Uh, you know, and I, I like it because it's like performing, it's dancing, and like doing, right. doing a shtick. Yeah, know? and it's so cool. you got the suit. Like, do you wear a suit for that Blues Brothers shit? Yeah, I mean, it's like it's like black suit, white shirt, black tie. Right. You know, standard uh, operating procedure. Yeah, cool hat. Right, and you're doing like, and you're doing steps, and it's a it's a fucking thing. Yeah, it's a thing. And it's not, you know, it's not so strict, but like we have to do these steps on this tune. But yeah, we're just like yeah, having fun. You get to have a good time and it's 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 kind of like a no pressure kind of situation. How's the book? Is it complicated? Uh not anymore. Right. <laughs> not after I've played it a hundred times. Right. No, I mean it, it's just it's just the yeah. all the horn parts from the from the normal music, you know. So right. like if you listen if you know the horn parts already, like it's right. no big deal. And you know those guys pretty well, so it's an easy yeah. easy hang. Yeah. Logistically, it's it's whatever. It's easy. And you know the book, so it's like cake. Yeah. And, and, and you know, uh, a good friend of mine is usually playing sax, so we'll, like, drive up together and oh, hang cool. out, and yeah. we'll grab a room together and play video games, like, whatever. Right. So it's just like a cool hang, you yeah. know, even though it's traveling. Yeah. So kind of... Is Vegas opening up? I don't know. Um, I haven't done anything there in a while. Yeah. I mean, since COVID. So right. I'm not sure. Vegas wasn't really... From what I understood, doing the greatest. Yeah, that's what before I, COVID. So. Oh really? Yeah, like like pre COVID, there was a lot of uh, things drying up and. Really? Yeah. So, I didn't know that. Yeah. 
I mean, for horn players at least, and oh, there was like you know they have some of those regular gigs. They have the Wayne Newton and sure, you know. or the big or the big you know I saw Steely Dan at at, at uh, I don't know Caesars, and I saw yeah. James Taylor at this thing. You know, like the big Johnnies, I'm sure are doing fine, but it's it's more of the kind of like party room situations or lounge acts, right? Yeah, um, yeah. No, it's uh, I've heard it's pretty rough. Yeah, man, are they and. It, you know, is there like a an exodus from Vegas? Are they coming here? Like, what are Vegas musicians doing to cope? Uh, I know of one. There's a trumpet player that moved into town fairly recently. I mean, pre-COVID. Uh, that's from Vegas and mm. was living in Vegas. I came here to find more work. Uh, mm. I know there's a lot of guys who are doing like the Cirque du Soleil thing. Mm-hmm. So they have like a regular gig. and uh, Yeah, but that's just not happening. Right, right. And that's not happening right now. But I mean, yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah. Some, it's some bleak shit, man. It's, it's, you know, I tend to be very positive and I, I'm a Libra, so I believe in balance, you know, and blah. <laughs> but you already knew that through your research, right? Yeah, I've done all the, I know, I know your blood type. I know, uh, my numerology number, whatever yep, that is. Yep. I know your shoe size. I know, uh, what's my shoe size? Uh, I'm going to guess, I see, I didn't find this on Facebook. Oh, you didn't no. put on, you didn't put it on Facebook. I'm going to guess, 11. Half off. 10 and a half? 11 and a half. Oh, stop it. <laughs> Quit a, bragging. Such a, such a pessimist. <laughs> I was going to say, if, if, if you put your shoe size on Facebook, then uh, that's, 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 is, that says something about that, you. I agree. I fucking agree. Let's take a little break. Mm. Wash away those blues. See that tough enough. So the story goes, is sponsored by Santan Brewing Company. You know what I miss? Flying. You want to know why? There's a Santan in Terminal 3 at Sky Harbor Airport. I like to get to the airport early, get through the TSA, and I'm going straight to Santan. Perfect. I like to get there nice and early, sit up at that bar, have a couple beers and a snack. Makes flying enjoyable. Check them out online. SantanBrewing.com Back to the podcast. Another thing that I discovered about you, Danny, Sir, Sir Danny Doyle. Uh-oh. Uh, you spent some time on some cruise ships. I did. As did I, but I, I had one three-month contract, but you uh-huh. had a couple more uh, a couple more cruise ship experiences. I got a, I got a couple weeks on you. Yeah, that's right. You got three <laughs> weeks on me. That's right. Two, two and a half So six hours. You're, so, all right, so when was your first contract? You say when? Yeah. Uh, it was... Oh, like 2000 and yeah, I took a break from, you know, cause I was playing and doing the scene here. Yeah. And so I took a break from that, decided to do the cruise ship thing. Yeah. And, uh, so that was in like 2013 uh, okay. during the summer. Yeah. That's what I did. I did yeah. 2012 in the summer because it was like, might as well get the fuck out. Right. And go see some shit. Yeah. And what, in which, which, uh, cruise line? Uh, that was with princess. I was on the Diamond Princess. Ooh la la. Oh my. How big was that ship? It was a big ship. Yeah, I can't tell you how big it is, it's but like it, a, it was it was big. Like 5,000 or something. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Like, a lot, ton of passengers. Yeah. 
How many uh, venues? Uh, so they had like the lounge. They mm-hmm. had the nightclub up top. They had the like the schmoozy bar. They had a another bar three, and then the theater. And then they had another one, which was like for comedy acts and like mm-hmm. bingo and stuff. Oh, five. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't seem like enough to me, honestly. Really? With, with that many, with that many people. Well, we so so we had we had to see we had a, a dedicated band that would play outside on deck, so mm-hmm. like a reggae band. We had a dedicated rock band that would go between all the different ones. We had we were the show band that also went around and did, did stuff. And then, oh, and then there was the uh, there was like the captain's circle or whatever. Uh-huh. It was like the special place for the VIPs to go and drink and hear music. Okay, um, and who played that? Who who did that hit? We all kind of rotated. Okay, um, except for the 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 reggae band and the <laughs> they were not allowed. <laughs> well, and they were well, not allowed in the captain's nest. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> well. Tell me I'm wrong. Those guys, those guys were the coolest. Though. I bet they were coolest fucking guys. You don't have to shit. fucking tell me, bro. But they were not allowed in that cast, captain's nest. That's yeah. See, that's yeah. fucked up. I mean, I never, I never thought know, about it. Like thought that. about it like that. Yeah. I know, man. We're just I'm here to like expose some whack shit. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we do. That's what we do. That's what we do here, here on this podcast. <laughs> But yeah, you had the you had they were they were dedicated they were like the dedicated deck band right. like out by the pool and stuff right. you know and right. like, they got to wear just like Hawaiian shirts and right. dress all comfy and be outside. We had to wear suits and tuxes <laughs> and shit. Um, <laughs> and the rock band was dedicated in the in like the the bar. Yeah. Then we had a DJ that was like every night five hours. He was up in the oh and uh, five hours. Yeah, it's like five hours DJing, and there was never oh. anybody up there. It was like four people. Oh so we'd God. go up there and hang with him, and yeah, he, you know we would just. Just like go up there and drink and right. hang with him, you know. Yeah. Oh, what a drag. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, he was this dude from from Texas, and he had the southern jaw. And he was like, How y'all doing today? I'm about to play some fucking jams. <laughs> and he was like in his 50s, bald, like what? glasses, you know, and like like totally not somebody you would think of as a DJ. No. So <laughs> he's at the end of his career. I don't even know if he considered it a career because he he even he was even bragging about it. he's like yeah I'm making five G's every month and he's like come up come upstairs I'll show you what I do so we came upstairs and he goes to his his MacBook Play. and he and he pushes the space bar button yeah. he's like now I'm a DJ <laughs> <laughs> five grand oh my god <laughs> yeah. five hours just yeah. whatever just waiting it out yeah I mean at least he was open about it and yeah. he like knew that's what he was doing he's like yeah it was just. And say, but he'd like put his headphones on every once in a while and like p- pretend like he's fucking with something and then like take his headphones well, well, there was ne- there was never anybody up there. And he could just leave, <laughs> like go to the bar, take a leak, yeah, go eat a cheeseburger, come home. Well, he pushed the play button and somebody would wander in to see what it's all about and he'd get up there and put his headphones on and they'd leave and he'd take them off and go sit down. <laughs> <laughs> That cat had it figured out. Yeah, no, he is. It, it, it wasn't his first rodeo. Yeah. To say that much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, cruise ships. Fun. All right, so all right, so big ship, many different venues, a bunch of different bands. It would you did a three month contract. Yes. And where'd you go? Uh, it was Vancouver to Alaska and back. So Glacier Bay and all those, you know. Uh, Bro, yeah. you must have done that, that like uh, that trip then like uh, a thousand times then, right? I mean, that's a uh, Vancouver to. Yeah, it's a, it's a short. It's a short run. Right. Well, it's, it was a week turnaround. So. From start to finish, it was a week turnaround. Yeah. 
Holy shit. Yeah, so we we go up and we hit like four ports. We hit like Skagway, Whittier. Um What did you why yeah. do you think they call it Skagway? <laughs> I don't know. You're the one with the research. <laughs> <laughs> I have a hypothesis about Skagway. Anyway, um wow, so four ports. It was like four ports. Skagway, Whittier, um I can't even think of the others. I blocked it out of my memory. I, I, I bet you did. I bet you did. Um, what were those ports like? Pretty desolate. Well, actually, no. Like so, so this was like a popular time with the cruise ship. So was, you right. know, there we, we were always docking with like two or sometimes three other. Sh- like you know, there's always yeah, like yeah, a yeah, bunch sure. of us there, and right. so right. there was always the spot that all the musicians would go to to hang. Right. We talk and they, play pool. They and, knew right. You knew yeah. where the bar was. You knew where the best Thai food was. You knew where the right. best internet was. Uh-huh. Wi-Fi, baby. Well, that was yeah. a serious fucking thing when I was on the thing because it was so expensive on the ship, and everybody uh. knew at every port. Where to get free Wi-Fi? Right, and 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 then no one had Wi-Fi because it was overrun with people on the ship just checking in and you know whatever. Right. Well, you well you find you find the second spot that people don't know about. So yeah, in, in Ketchikan, that was the other port. Ketchikan, it was the Burger Queen. Oh my! They have a Burger Queen there. It's like good burgers. And they they have like the Alaskan uh, uh, brewing company beer. Okay. Yeah. 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 And there was always just me and like maybe three other crew members, and we'd sit there and you know eat a burger and drink some beer and scroll. Yeah, everyone else went to the like the, the fancy bagel shop, you know, right? Yeah. Or Starbucks or whatever, just bombed their internet, right? And so, yeah, and it had a nice view of the water. It was like yeah. five minutes oh, from the a, ship. It it's was beautiful. A, it's it's that part of the country is stunning for it's sure, gorgeous. And Vancouver is a great fucking city. You know, I would I wish I had the opportunity to explore Vancouver more. Yeah, it, and Vancouver is expensive. Yeah, I like bought a Monster Energy drink. I remember, and it was like. Eight dollars. Yeah, I was yeah. like, "What?" Yeah, it's such a cool city, though. It's really, really cool. I, I I highly recommend it. I've been up there a bunch. Um, very, I mean, incredible food. But you're right; it's 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 so expensive now. I don't know how locals, you know, uh, local artists can afford to to live downtown. It's just it's it. I think it's ridiculous. And the and I hear the traffic is is miserable. And anyway, mm. you know. All right, so you're spending your summer on a cruise ship. You're working. You're having a bowl. Yeah. And you say, after this, you say, hey, this is something I'm going to do again. Well, I took a few years off. Okay. I actually thought to myself, that's something I never want to do again. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I've had my fill. I'm, yeah. I, I'm good. Is that know? right? Yeah. What was it? What wasn't attractive? Yeah. I think for me, I'm someone who... I. I I am someone who tends to get down easily. Like yeah. if I'm in the same place doing the same thing every yeah. day, I tend to get depressed. And yeah. Like, you know, in my head and, and right. you know, become a hermit. Right. And that's kind of what happened. I just, and, and I had some pretty bad experiences on that ship. Uh, our music, the music director of our band was like, yeah, he was like the worst boss uh. director that I've ever had. Uh. I mean, he was like, so <laughs> here's a great story. Here's a great example of how awesome he was. Okay. So uh, we were premiering this new show, and the new show had this, like, you know, retractable car on on a track or whatever, and it was, like, all this rock music. And they had the bright idea to put us on these, like, 20-foot-tall, like, uh, scaffolding, scaffolding situations. Yeah. yeah. And co- they were going to cover us with this curtain. And at the end of the show, they were going to reveal the curtain live band. Wow. So magical. Yeah. It like didn't make much sense to me anyways. Um, and you know about this when you're on a sea day, 
and the oh. ship is swaying back and forth. Okay. Well, guess what sways more? Right. <laughs> it's the scaffolding, right? Right. So I'm up there in the scaffolding, and the show's like a minute from start, and I'm just like, I feel like, I feel like shit. Like, I'm going to puke because oh I'm getting God. seasick. No way. <laughs> and I just like look over um, to the... To the uh, the like the singers and the dancers. I'm like, yeah. hey, someone grab me a bag. Like, bring it up here. And my the music director heard me. He was like, Are you gonna puke? Don't you fucking puke on my stage? Get the fuck off my stage right now. Get the fuck off. Fuck you. Get the fuck off the stage now. Don't you puke? And I was like, Oh my god, Jesus. Man. But the cool thing is, the entire band like spoke up. They're like, You leave me the fuck alone. Like, fuck you. Like, leave me alone. Like, blah Whoa. blah. Just play your piano. Like, we <laughs> like whatever. Like, they, like everyone stood up for me. That's awesome. I, I ended up being fine. And yeah. Like, yeah, that guy was a complete ass. Sounds like a serious douchebag. He was a serious douchebag. So it sounds like you had some rather traumatic experiences <laughs> on the ship. It was a little rough. Yeah. Yeah. But but looking back on it, it was actually pretty great. Right. You know, it was like at the time, right. being immature, being like... How, how, how old were you? How immature were 53? you? 53? No. Yeah. No, I was, I was what, 25, 26? Okay, maybe maybe but, a touch, but... But it was like my first, like, serious, like, dedicated, doing yeah. everything gig, you know? Yeah. Um, 25 and, fucking hell. Yeah. You, kids kids will be kids, baby. It's, I mean, yeah. as long as you were professional, you showed up, you did your shit. Yeah. You shouldn't yeah. have to deal with anything more than that. I agree. Okay, good. Yeah. So, <laughs> you finish up that contract, and... Come back to Phoenix. Yeah. And then what? Well, um, started gigging again. again. Yeah. Doing my J job again. And I uh, was in the middle of an eight-year relationship. Oh, my. And, which eventually ended. And in, in my uh, infinite wisdom, I was like, this is the best time to go on a cruise ship because I'm single. Right. You know, I need money. Like, because we were living together. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't really have a huge investment saved in the bank. So I was like, I just go and make some money on a cruise ship, yeah. you know, and get away from things and right. kind of live, yeah. live a little bit more dangerously, yeah. more riskier, you know? Okay. Um, so I'm, I was like ready to like go and just like, yeah, like be super outgoing, extroverted <laughs> <laughs> and get to this ship. <laughs> and just like, first thing they tell me is to dry ship, no drinking. <laughs> I'm like, no. Crush oh. my spirit. Why don't you? Yeah. Was it the same ship? No, no, no. So, is it, I mean, it's Royal Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was a much, much smaller ship. Yeah. Uh, they had, like, two venues, the theater and, like, the bar. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Um, and we are, so our, like, music schedule was, so I was there for a couple weeks, and we played two shows each week. So it was, like, once on Tuesday, once on Thursday, then you're Bro. done for the week. Oh, my God. I know, right? That's incredible. I know. Too bad I got kicked off. How did you fuck that one up? <laughs> Jesus, man. You took a bullet for somebody. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. I took a bullet ride for somebody. One <laughs> <laughs> of my faves. <laughs> it's just weird. I don't like rye or bourbon or whiskey. Really? I know. I know. I know. What is wrong? What is happening? Tw- 22-year-old me ruined it for me forever. Oh, I yeah. see. I had one of those like six hours of straight puking nights. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um. Oh, no. Yeah. But you're... but but. You- Come on, man. Irish, Scottish, and Scandinavian. You must have a taste for it. You must miss the taste of it. It's in your blood. It's coursing through your veins, Danny Doyle. You know what I really like? Oh, God. Carbonated alcoholic water. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Oh, my God. I don't drink. I don't drink anymore. I know. That's great. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Me too, sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes I'm like, I just really want to drink right now. 
<laughs> I just want to down a bottle of rum. You know? Whatever. My drink of choice is rum. Like, okay, don't look over there. Drink. Don't keep uh, your keep your eyes on me. Keep your eyes on me. Uh, um, all right. So you decide. You decide. This is the this is the new Danny Doyle. I'm 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 single. I'm gonna go mix it up. I'm gonna have a bowl, and like welcome on board. Uh, here's your here's your room. Uh, by the way, you can't drink on this uh, ship. Well, they didn't say you can't drink. They said it's a dry ship. And you have to keep your blood alcohol level below 0.04. And how often would they test you? Uh, there was no obvious, like, everyone's getting tested. At 4 p.m. or whatever. Right. But they do let you know that, like, we may test you at any time. We have if, the right. If we see some odd behavior. Right. We will come at you with some shit. Right. Um, what and a drag. I learned a little bit. I, I learned a few days later that the captain was kind of known for like quote unquote running a tight ship. Oh, please. You know? But he would like, he would also, he was drinking. He was, yeah. He was buying handles from, from like a handle a week at the, at the, you know, oh, at the fuck that guy. I hate that shit. Yeah. I did hate the hierarchy and there is yeah. a hierarchy. It's like the fucking army. Yeah. And it's like, motherfucker, well, fuck you. Like I hate, it's the, it's the, it's the double standard. Totally. Like do as I say, not as I do. I'm going to do ex- what I'm telling you you can't do. I'm going to do it with impunity. I'm like fuck that shit. Yeah. Uh, that- I will I will say my first contract on Diamond Princess. Um I didn't know this was cool because I didn't know cruise ships really. But the officers and the captain would all they had their own special bar. Of course, and they'd go get fucked up. But they didn't drink there. They came down with the rest of the crew and they hung out and drank and spent time with us. And drank uh-huh. in our bar with us, the uh-huh. captain and the and the officers. Is that right? It was it was cool. Like, Wait, so 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 hold on, hold on. This was this was the diamond. This was the oh, first this is con- the first one. First contract. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. completely completely different. different thing. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like going into the second contract with Thinking, this in mind. This was yeah. like everyone, like the captain's getting wasted. I'm gonna, We're all, yeah, I'm gonna you know. ham it up with the captain. He's gonna right. I can go up and steer the ship a little bit, or I don't know what's gonna happen. <laughs> I'm like you know, there's like people grinding up on Captain Johan, you know, like. <laughs> And he's just like, you know, yeah, I'm into it. It's a good he, time. And he was Norwegian. I don't know. Probably. Something. Probably. They're all I feel like they were all Norwegian. All the captains. He probably was. This 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 His name is Johan. <laughs> the guy in the second ship, I'm pretty sure he was Austrian. Oh, fuck him. Yeah. It's landlocked state. He has no business being a fucking uh, captain. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah, I mean Is there yeah, they're landlocked. No idea. Fuck them. I love Austria, actually. For, for, uh, Full disclosure, I'm talking shit about Austria. I love Austria, uh, but I don't like this captain. There's going to be 100,000 really offended Austrians right now listening to this podcast. Oh, yeah. If there were 100,000 people listening to this podcast. Quick commercial break. 23 and me. (laughs) (laughs) State Farm. State Farm. uh, Geico. I don't know. Auto zone. What? (laughs) I don't care. But I did learn on the cruise ship that I could save money on car insurance. <laughs> Let me tell you how. Yeah, don't have a car. That's right. That's right. Give that shit up. Live on a boat. Live on a boat. All right. So, all right. So, a dry, a dry, a dry ship. It was a dry ship. Yeah, but it wasn't a dry ship. Uh, which is so dumb. It's well, the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Well, they would sell you a, a handle of alcohol this for is ten what I'm bucks. Saying. Like why? Like why? So, anyways, so they just want you to blast it at the end of the night. They want you to do your thing, be sober, and then fucking blow that shit out. I mean, right? Pretty much. They just, they, I like, they they want to have something, I think, to be able to say, 
if there's an emergency on board, oh, we put it in writing that nobody can have this whatever. I'm sure it was a liability thing. It was like an insurance thing. Yeah. That our crew will be sober if shit goes south. Right. And, and, you know, you would go to buy a handle with somebody and there'd be like a group of eight people buying two handles and then walking to their cabins. You're like, right. Like everyone's just going to their cabin to party. Right. Um, So I get on board and (laughs) the two other horn players, the saxophone player and the trombone player are both from the Ukraine and the piano player. And, you know, they have like limited English. The saxophone player sounds like fucking Michael Brecker, like just like happening can play. Like crazy, plays circles around anybody, but he can't read music. Like, no shit, does not know how to read music. Love that. So we're like playing like uh, Dave Wolpe charts, you know. <laughs> like I don't know what that means. We're we're playing like these just like three horn arranged charts for like jazz stuff, like uh, the moon and things like that. Yeah, and he can't read them, so he's just like kind of like harmonizing by ear, which right. is great because he has a great ear. Wow. Trombone player is a classically trained trombone player. Doesn't know anything about jazz. Cannot improvise. And it's just playing everything super square. So it's oh, just like God. this weird juxtaposition. Yeah. And and they were friends, right? And like they knew each other before. That's funny. It was, it was a weird thing. So anyways, when I came on board, apparently the trumpet player before me like was not very good. And we played our first gig, our first like hit, and they're like, Oh, like we trumpet, we finally have a trumpet player. Yeah. Finally, we tonight we celebrate. We celebrate trumpet player. <laughs> and uh, so you know, like we go down and drink or whatever, and it was fun. Into the crew bar. Well, we we grab our handle of yeah. they well they got vodka and pulled it down to the cabin. Sure, sure. So and so we did you know a couple of weeks go by. We've done like three shows and the Ukraine the the horn section. The Ukrainian guys are like, now we celebrate you as member of horn section. We celebrate you as leader. And so they go off into Italy and they buy like this fancy alcohol, some really fancy wine. They're buying olives and cheeses. They're like buying all this like crazy shit. Sounds like a really sweet picnic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it does. Maybe they're just trying to hook up with that. <laughs> now we have threesome to initiate you into the horn section. Okay. You are little spoon. <laughs> I am big spoon. <laughs> you are sharp. You be everything spoon. You are the spoon in the middle. <laughs> Matthias, go over here. And, I don't know. Matthias. That's like the fucking Ukraine. <laughs> I mean... Yeah. <laughs> okay, so what happens the, next? These these guys were fucking crazy. All right, like, clearly they were. I mean, not not like they like they could drink. Yeah, I'm sure know? they could. So, like we we go to their cabin. And yeah. There's like there's like five of us, a couple of yeah. the guys from the band. Yeah, we're yeah. eating. We're just like having a good time, and we decide that we're gonna get up and like go down to the to the crew, crew mess. Bar. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. crew mess. Oh, crew mess for Cause, some grub. Because like he was like I don't. They liked some particular food from the crew mess. I was like, I don't want to go. They're like, oh, I want cereal. Uh, I want Fruit Loops. (laughs) I've been craving them all day. (laughs) Yeah, so we walked down to the crew bar and uh, or the crew crew mess. mess. And uh, yeah, and they're like goofing off, you know, and like you know, we're kind of goofing off. We're just we're having a good time. We're feeling we're feeling a little loose. Sure. uh, Come back and we call it a night. And I go back to my cabin and I go to the bathroom and I don't know if you, your bathroom's like this uh, when you're on the ships, but very tiny. Like yes. you can stand in them 
Yes. And the shower was like where you're standing to pee and like we're yes. sitting to whatever. Coming out of the bathroom, it's like you're coming out of the womb. It's like yeah. <laughs> squeezing yourself out of there, you know? <laughs> you got to like lube up just to squeeze out. <laughs> and you're crying. Right. <laughs> oh, um, but yeah, so, so, so I went to the bathroom. Yeah. You know, so I had to pee, like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And um, my roommate had just taken a shower. And so I slipped and I like... You know, you don't fully fall because it's not big you enough. You can't. So, like, I fell, like, diagonally, like, like brammed my head, like, on the bar, whatever, yeah. that's in the shower, and, like, yeah. was bleeding. So I went down to the med bay. Right. And I walked in, and the first thing, they didn't, like, look at me. They saw me, they saw me like, saw me bleeding, didn't even say anything, just stuck a breathalyzer in my mouth. Yeah. And I was, I blew, like, a .07 or a .0, like, whatever. Right. You know, and they're like, you've been drinking? And like, yes, okay. We uh, reported to the captain, like, go back to your... Thing. Oh Anyways, three days later, I noticed that the chief of security, the security officer, is following me around the ship. No like, shit. And I'm like, I like I notice him. I'm always like, hey, how you doing? And I'm like super friendly, you know. Yeah. Like I'm super cool yeah. on ships. I'm just like whatever. Yeah. And he's just like always waving. We start talking and like whatever. And he's always following me. And then a couple of days after that, uh, I get called to a meeting with the with all of the heads of department and oh the my captain. God. So my my music director, who's super cool, great drummer from the Philippines. Um, like the head of hotel management, the head of security, like right. all, all these people, right. whatever. And the captain was like, brought to my attention that you have uh, violated our dry ship rules and ordinance, blah, 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 blah. Like, do you have anything to say for yourself? I was like, yeah. I was like, you know, I was drinking with some friends. And, like, and we'd like to know who those friends were. Who was it that you were drinking with? And like, I didn't tell him who they were. I don't want to like screw these guys well, up. What, you know? what, what can they do? What can they do after the fact? Right. I mean, yes. even if you had said, "Yeah, sure," but well, whatever. Oh, I I respect the fact that you that you it, like. It uh, was very clear to me that they were trying to yeah find out who the other people were, so they. But could everyone's do drinking something. on the ship. Everyone right. is drinking on the ship. Right, right. I don't know. It, it was it was really weird. Yeah, and um, I don't know. It was like a. It was like Senate was in was in session. <laughs> Why? So like, but 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 hold on. Think about this economically. They paid for you to fly home, to fly someone else. Like, why wouldn't they just give you a warning? Right, right. And so, say, hey, FYI, you're on our radar. And you'd probably tighten up ship a little bit. Of course. But they spent more money to make a, 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 a make it a lesson. I mean, or to teach a lesson to other people. Like, don't fuck around. or Like, fuck you guys, man. Yeah, so... So, so all the like the heads, like the people I had known, like my music director was like stood up and it was kind of like backing me up, like yeah. no, like he's a good trumpet player, yeah. like he's been cool, professional, it's like, on time, yeah. got his shit together. Yeah. The one like one one mistake, just like can we just give him a warning so yeah. we don't have to do this? And then the 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 security officer like stood up, he's like I've been following him, he's like super friendly with passengers, he's yeah, super great, super nice, like hasn't done anything, so just yeah. goes to his cabin and sleeps, <laughs> like right. And so, and then like the, the theater director like stood up cause I had talked to him and he was, so I had like all these different, like, yeah. like his leadership, like speaking up for me and right. the captain was like, well, rules are rules and we have to follow the rules here. I see. And he kicked me off. And so at that moment I had to, from that table, go get my things like in and my export. cabin and export with my, my, so I went to the, I went to the, uh, like the desk where they pay you your, uh-huh. you get yeah. cash in your check. Yeah, the stuff. bursar. The bursar, yeah. Yeah. And they gave me a plane ticket and they gave me uh like two like cab things that yeah. and like they gave me like luggage tags that yeah. were paid for and wow. I had all like and gave me like stipend to eat food on the way home. So it's so strange. Yeah, I went and I made like two grand and 
played two gigs and got to see <laughs> Italy. I got to see France, got to see Greece, got to see Spain. Oh my God. And got, went home. And that's crazy. That was it. That's bananas. Yeah. Oh. It's wonderful. It was like a paid vacation. Yeah. Well, somebody, yeah, somebody paid me to go on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> well, Danny Doyle, fucking hell. Look at we're already over two hours. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry, one hour. What oh. did I say? Two hours? It's like we got we were abducted. We've been by here aliens. for a week and a half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I appreciate you coming down, man. Nice to chat with you. Nice to meet you. Yeah, you too. Thanks for having me. Hope to uh hope to work with you soon. I know we work with a bunch of the, of the same cats and yeah. um you should come down to uh come down to Cock and Tails on Tuesday. Ah, uh, that's right, okay. Um it's a fun little hang, and, and we don't get enough uh, horn players. Um, so it's 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 fun. And it's right down the road here. Okay, sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Great to meet you. Yeah, you too. Thanks for coming yeah, down. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was fun. Yeah, was good. Fun. We'll yeah. see you soon. We'll see you yeah. on Tuesday. Yeah, see you on Tuesday, maybe. Pinky swear. Just kidding. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>